Behold, RPGs and Baby Makes 3. RPGs and Baby Makes 3, Reimagined. Episode 4 of the Reimagined Variety. I put that in the last episode. <laughs> I did add that in there a little bit in That's the last cool. episode. I don't really listen to our stuff. You do, though. You walk around the house and listen to it. Yeah, so we were, if you didn't listen to the last episode, we were talking about the possibility of doing a little sound every time that we said RPGs and Baby Makes 3 reimagined. And then it would be like, from Wayne's World. That dates us. Yeah, it's a very day. I would like to watch those movies again, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> Dreamweaver. Oh, Tia Carrera. I saw her in something recently, like an uh, not in a movie, but I just saw like a news article or entertainment article about her or something. Anyway. Something with words or visuals. Our words are visuals. I'm Rob Hessler, and that's Gretchen Hilmer's. <laughs> We're the hosts of this <laughs> S show. Yeah, we've been sleeping slightly better, but I don't think that's going to make this any easier. Yeah, old man Hessler got a CPAP machine. <laughs> no, 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 Rob. It's a pap smear machine. <laughs> I got my pap smear machine. <laughs> uh, let's roll for initiative. Well, we have done some gaming. We played some Starforge. We actually played some Iron Sworn Sarforge yes, together. Yes, Rob. We actually played. It was not <sighs> a session zero. So, last episode, and even some of the previous episode, we were talking about what constitutes role-playing in a role-playing game. And we're, we're, we have a, a difference of opinion. I'm right. And I am really sad to say, and very, very disappointed, in my longtime friend, Amanda Plagman for agreeing with you in the comments on our YouTube channel. Ah, see? Thank Which, you. by the way, you should like and subscribe. Amanda. See? <sighs> Damn you, Amanda. <laughs> Amanda, next time I see you, I'm giving you a big high five. And then we can point at <laughs> Rob and go, ha ha. Ha <laughs> I, her points and your points were valid, but I don't totally agree. Oh, but we're married. Of course we can't agree on things. You know, this is something we've discussed before, though, is that I am naturally contrarian by nature. (laughs) I literally, (laughs) if I find something is working or I hear some people believe something, I just, like, automatically start wanting to do the very opposite of whatever that is. I'm sure we've had some marriage counseling sessions about that, too. Maybe. Probably. No, we haven't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, no but i mean it's think i think i look at that debate we were having on last episode and i think of it like in terms of i do think that i i'm naturally inclined to say i kind of agree with you gretchen but how can i say how can i convince myself that the opposite is also true because I do, it's funny because we were just having a conversation about this and this is going to relate to our topic here of the day where we're going to talk a little, sort of about inclusion and things like that. But 
where we operate in the gray we're not very black and white on issues and we're not extreme on issues and so like i have a, just a general tendency also to almost like look at to just always kind of look at the other side of it and i think that even comes goes to like philosophical things like what is role playing and i want to kind of stretch it out a little bit more into something else i stopped listening to you because i'm right you did stop listening to me i can just tell when you look at me that you're not listening to me um (laughs) but i you know it's funny because i'm reading this book or i i I, i'm reading this book but uh i have been able i have been reading this book for a while i took a break from it came back to it it is designers and dragons and it's four books and it's the 1970s 80s 90s and 2000s and i'm reading the 70s right now and you actually update your progress on books yeah it's a game (laughs) it is it's like a game (laughs) on goodreads we're talking about on goodreads you can update the progress of your books you put in the book when i'm done basically i know but whatever i like to update it. it makes me feel good so i was reading it and one of the things is like they're talking about in the 70s and they were discussing one of the gaming companies, one of the early gaming companies that's like now defunct or whatever. I think it might have been, it was a fantasy game company. Anyway, point is, is that they said they were like publishing a magazine and they took player feedback for subscribers of this like early magazine that lasted like 10 issues. Cause there were tons of magazines, like role-playing magazines that came out back in that day. And they were taking polls from people to kind of rate the role-playing games that were coming out at the time and there weren't like a ton so like it could really be like all of the role-playing games were rated you know like whatever and it was noted in this list that they kind of referred to in this particular part of the book which had you know these role-playing games in order of the highest scoring to lowest scoring. And at the time, Dungeons & Dragons was the highest scoring of the role-playing games. It was the 1970s. Might have been even like, it might have been 1980, but it was like late 70s or like 1980 or 81. And a couple of the games on the list were not actually role-playing games. They were (gasps) war games. Because at that time, they didn't even know what role-playing was yet really like they didn't really understand and like role-playing was not anywhere near the dynamic thing that it is today so like they would be you know just going you know the the kind of that early story of Dungeons and Dragons started when you know Gary Gagax and Dave Arneson decided like well what if we want to go under the table and go through a dungeon or play a single character on a war game board rather than like units and stuff and that's kind of those two things came together and so a lot of those early games were like dungeon exploration and it wasn't really like a ton of role playing it was a lot of tactics and stuff and so like there was a a bleed between role playing games and war games that isn't as much these days i don't know because i think Whenever someone pulls out a map with with squares on it, I think, <laughs> oh my God, I'm in for it now. And it is very strategy-based. So, 
you know, I think when it comes to dungeon crawls and stuff, I, I feel like you could say that it's kind of wargamey in a way. I, I agree. Um, you have to... It, I don't know anything about Warhammer, though. That's that's kind of how that no, works. No, Warhammer... Yeah, well, Warhammer was a tabletop, but there's also well, a tabletop war game, but there's also Warhammer fantasy there's four hammer role-playing games yeah, but as well. wasn't it originally like pieces you move on a map still is and stuff and yeah so yeah okay but it's like not a map i mean yeah even like you can build these terrains and stuff like yeah, these awesome that's, that's... some of those are so cool so I, I don't know i think that that kind of blends together quite a bit still yeah and i agree with that entirely because i mean you think about it like in a dungeon crawl for example i'm so glad you don't uh, no, God, it's just way too You've tried. time consuming, and, it's, and just... it's it doesn't hit my it there's it doesn't tickle your fancy. No, it doesn't get my <laughs> juices flowing. <laughs> mm. um, uh, that's an inside joke, which you can learn more about if you listen to last episode. I do agree because I think that there's nothing, there's no inherent advantage or like necessary role play involved a lot of time in like a straight up dungeon crawl like yeah. sure maybe you like meet like some goblins and you have a standoff and you end up having a role play scene with them okay you know that kind of stuff sure that can happen and there can be role playing in the dungeon but also there is a lot of I creep up to the door I check use traps. I check for traps <laughs> I listen at the door you know oh, I'm gonna roll my skills and there's a lot of that kind of stuff which which is hilarious because some it, I don't know this just made me think about it is whenever check for traps you just have me roll randomly and you don't tell me if I get it or not and you always say you don't notice any traps <laughs> <laughs> that gets me so anxious that I'm talking about it right now <laughs> it's funny because I'll do that with my my because uh, you know I play online a lot and I'm running the Temple of Elemental Evil and I'll do that to those guys too I'll be like and I'll just let them roll because it's just a pain. I want to take that off on my plate. I guess it would be more immersive if I if I rolled it myself and they didn't actually know if they succeeded or failed. But I will always answer with, "You didn't find the trap." Yeah, <laughs> I love to do that, like just to mess with their mind. You know, it's just a fun little thing. Um, it was also interesting too, and I and I guess I kind of knew this, but it just was brought back to my attention. I was reading this, and um, we usually talk about books at the end, but I'm just talking about this now is early on those games really were antagonistic the dm was trying to kill the players it was a you're not paranoid was, they're literally trying to it kill was a player <laughs> versus dm scenario like players would go into the dungeon and the dungeon master was trying to kill them in the dungeon and so it opened up beyond that obviously and fairly quickly it opened up beyond that but just still i think that that's interesting it's yeah. an interesting um little thing anyway we're talking about being contrarian and i think that that's <laughs> that that like you know i just think it's interesting that early on they didn't really even know how to define a role-playing game and i think that there's a certain level of subtlety when you're when, when you're talking about what is role-playing especially now because i feel like today Role-playing is so storytelling. I mean, it is like, it has become, so many of these games, especially like the indie games and stuff, are so storytelling based. I mean, take, you know, Alice is Missing. Right? It's all storytelling. Or even Starforge, which we were just playing, like, like, there's no Game Master. 
we're telling a story together. Now, there are rules that act as guidelines, but we're telling a story. It's a t entirely a storytelling yeah. endeavor. And actually, I find it, it's interesting, I think, with, with like something like Starforge or Ironsworn, those games, you end up like having a hard, for me at least, it's harder to role play because I'm so into storytelling. So you notice that it was a little awkward, especially at first, when we would slip into character and have a conversation because then we would have to move back to scene description or like, yeah, you know, and you're like s describing the scene and then just, and then taking on your character's role. It's almost a little bit harder because you're like, there's more storytelling and a little less role playing yeah. in a weird way. But, and this might be a future show discussion. I really liked how, so AI art is really, it's so hot, hot button right issue. now. Yeah. So it's such a hot button issue. Um, we were utilizing it a little bit to to come up with certain things for the game to help visualize and, and create. And um, I don't know, it was kind of an interesting way to be able to kind of come up with something on the fly mm -hmm. to help us further a scene or add some flavor. Yeah, it got me interested in seeing, I actually did a little tiny bit of research since we did that on AI chatbots to see if we could utilize those to like run an RPG. What? Yeah, like could you use AI chatbots to to run the game for you and you act as players and you just enter in prompts based on what's happening in your game and then they respond almost in the role of like a game master. Well, you know what's funny? is you know talking about how originally the the gm was trying to kill you a lot of chatbots get real dark well they actually so back down the permissions on that one the what i forget which which the chatbots had that really dark conversation with the reporter but that's not the first time i've heard about that like things get dark i and you know I, it's a statement about our society but um, I think, I feel like the chatbot, the AI chatbot would definitely try to kill you. Interesting. I think we're in the AI chatbot is Gary Gygax. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so we played that and we actually have Aberrant tomorrow. So that'll be cool. We'll be, well, by the time you're listening to this, it'll probably have already streamed because that's going to stream on the RPGs of Baby Makes 3 YouTube page. Yeah. And speaking so. of AI art, I, I used AI to throw together what my character looked like. I used to use... Um, Hero... No. Hero Forge. Hero Forge. Hero Forge. Which is still fun. Yeah. Um, but it was... I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool throwing together stuff through the AI. Yeah. And look, we're kind of talking a little bit about AI. And I... Um, Next episode, we'll, we'll dive Yeah. For, for... I... I We'll talk about it more. I, I did a, um, I wrote a two-part story for the newspaper. That's my day Before job. Before everyone else's article came out. I know. I was like, the Washington Post article came out three weeks later. I was like, okay, <laughs> I, I I beat you to it, guys. Savannah's um, ahead of the curve. But I, I wrote this two-part story for the Sunday paper here locally, and uh, it was about AI and art. And, um, and so 
I know people probably have strong someone else we've played with, which is Blakely. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Blakely Scott, who is a role player, but um, she is a digital artist who has been utilizing AI. I miss her. She's still. I know her and her husband Anthony are great. Um, But yeah, so I mean, that's pretty much it in terms of the role playing that we've been doing, right? Anything else? No, that's it. I mean, we've been role playing being. I don't know, with our kid, kind of. The storytelling and stuff like well, that. Well, storytelling, but also, you know, smiling through the pain. <laughs> is that role-playing? I think that's role-playing. Maybe that should be the next acting debate. Is acting and role-playing? Well, we're not... Oh, God, I don't want to get into this again. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get anyway. into, let's get into our main topic for today. <laughs> So, you know, I mentioned in the last segment that I am a newspaper writer for the Savannah Morning News, a freelance newspaper writer, and... I'm kind of a big deal. I had the opportunity recently to cover a D&D event. There was Ghost Table Guild with Kat Valentine, who was actually on our podcast... Yeah, talking about 5e. Talking about 5th edition during our Edition Wards episode... Well, she runs this Ghost Table Guild, and they are a RPG, mostly D&D group, but RPG group that does charity stuff. So they do, like, streaming on Twitch and YouTube, and and you can, like, pay little bits of money to make things happen in the game or whatever, and that part of those proceeds end up going to various charities and they're all it's all good stuff and so they partnered with the local vfw which is veterans of foreign wars like these places in the u.s you know that are for combat veterans to specify that because we don't know yeah that in other countries yeah and um and so they had this event there and i somehow convinced my editor to let me not only cover it but run it as a feature story in the paper (laughs) and so they sent me out and the staff photographer one of the staff photographers as well to to take pictures and so like i'll kind of describe my experience i you know i've already submitted the article hasn't come out yet but maybe by the time that this podcast drops it will and if so i'll put a link to the article in the show notes so that we can get to it but one of the I, I drive up to the VFW and this is like combat veterans VFW drive into the parking lot dirt parking lot it's a the whole front of the thing is motorcycles all right <laughs> and then milling about outside are some tough looking men and women all right wearing leather vests covered in like you know. And you roll up all a these t-shirt patches. with a D20 on it. No, right? my t-shirt, I had a Minotaur on oh, my okay. t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> so I roll up in our, you know, mini SUV. Okay. And I park, you know, and, and so I'm like immediately intimidated. The place kind of has like a roadhouse vibe in terms of like <laughs> what the building looks like. Okay. It's got like a front porch deck and it's painted red and it's like. You know, it's got like the beer signs in the windows and all that stuff. Really? It's got a, it's this whole like roadhouse vibe. That's a little vibe, different from right? some of the other VFWs yeah, that I've seen. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So, and it's like out in the middle of nowhere almost, basically, right off of this like Ogeechee. Ogeechee Road, which is outside of Savannah. It's like kind of out in the middle of 
the, it's the edge it's, of it's Savannah. It's on the edges. It's on the edge of Savannah. <laughs> um, and so like I can't, I get out of my car and I'm like, oh my, you know, I'm I'm feeling intimidated. I'm feeling uncomfortable. I'm like, what is this gonna be? And I go in, and first thing I see actually is the bar, which was an amazing looking bar because apparently they had filmed parts of the most recent Halloween movie there. I want to see it. And so they had redone the inside. And it's so it's an incredible bar. You would I never really expect it. It's a really cool it. bar. And then down, then to the left, after entering inside, there's like three, four steps down into this whole like hall area where there are all these tables. And that's where the D&D stuff is going to take place. But anyway, I have all this like feelings about like what this is going to be like. What kind of game? Is it going to be a bunch of that guy? And I think all of you know what I mean when I say that guy, the gatekeeping, grognard, old school gamer who is very close-minded. You know, I have this whole thing, you know, I'm thinking that this is what's going to happen, okay? So we, I, I, that's what I, the vibe, I think this was going to be. And I go in there and go down to the gaming tables and it is the most eclectic mix of people you can possibly imagine. There were some combat vets at the game, but also at my table was Howard Burry, the trans man that plays with us in Dragonlance and has played with us for a number of years. And has been on the show before as Bianca. Uh -huh. um, one of the DMs is, you know, a, a black man running a sci-fi game. Cat is, 100% Puerto Rican, half black, half white. There's these young men and women and non-gendered folks like playing, you know, that are playing their first games ever. And then there are also these military guys. Like one of the guys at yes. my table was wearing a Desert Storm vet, Iraq War vet hat. So this guy's playing at my table and so is Howard. And so is this improv actor. And so is this lady, this teacher. And there was just two things. I found first off is that being somebody who's like very socially liberal, very open, consider myself to be an LGBTQ plus ally was going into this and I had I saw these folks at the VFW outside part and of it kind of hurts hearing this though because I've, I find that people in the military are split very well like very conservative or very liberal I agree and so I wonder what because when I think military veteran now like veteran I, I think it's a huge gamut I agree. No, but I will say, you know, if you've ever been to, like, my experience in situations like this, I think the closest for me would be, like, what is it, like, the Lions Club or whatever, uh -huh. which one of my stepfathers went to, and that... The Moose Lodge. I'm, I, I, don't even, I don't even know the difference between them, um, but that was that kind of vibe. Well, so, but I'm not, I agree with you, what your, your statement is, that it is varied, but when I drove up, and see all these motorcycles and all these like leather vest people, like God bless America, the whole nine in front of a roadhouse, essentially. I had okay. a feeling in my head of what I was gonna be walking into. Right. 
But when I walked down into the gaming area, it was a totally diverse crowd. And not only that, the diversity wasn't like, well, we're over here playing our game and you go over there and play your game. <laughs> the liberals on this side and the conservatives on this side. It was mixed. It was mixed at each table. And we've talked about this before. And, and so, like, it got me questioning, like, like, what kind of stereotypes am I bringing, A, and B, it got me, it, it was a really good reminder that most of the time, we can all game together no matter what our viewpoints are, and it'll be fine. Like, we can, we could put aside that. Unless you're... Unless you're that guy. Yeah. Okay, we understand. It, and it, it, it is usually a guy. It, it, is, it usually is usually a guy, a guy. But there's... Unless you're <clears throat> on... You're in an extreme place. And I understand... And I'm not trying to diminish. I know people have experienced cruelty. I don't know how else to describe it. Cruelty by not... By people who are not inclusive and all of that. And I'm really sorry that that's happened to those people. I mean, I am... I empathize, you know, I sympathize with all of those people. But at the same time, the experience that I had in this gaming hall was one of openness, inclusion, and diversity. You know, and I think, like, if you go on to gaming discussion groups and you go on this, there's this, like, almost this cultural culture war that's happening, like, in gaming between old school gamers and new school gamers and like there's like you're welcome at my table all this and that and there's all this like political division or whatever but i kind of feel like at the table we're just all playing games and one of the things that was is cool about and and you and i were discussing this before the podcast is like when you become friends with somebody it's a lot easier to discuss your differences with each other in a way that is respectful and can actually bring about change and progress whereas if everybody's just shouting at each other on twitter then nobody's gonna solve anything speaking of chatbots i mean you're trying to get into a discussion I, I don't know i find it it's it's from both sides too it's annoying as crap yeah and i mean i've gotten into some arguments with some pretty ultra liberal people too you know rigid rigid thinking i mean i think is the enemy of progress because we can't then i just think we have so much more in common with each other than we don't and i think that like sometimes what is happening online especially like in gaming communities isn't necessarily what happens in real life where we can all get together and like we, we so we played this game right and the desert storm vet and i the teacher i believe they were they were they were a couple but i don't know if they were married or whatever and then i'm sitting next to howard and i mean so we're like looking across the table at these folks right you would imagine there to be some pretty big ideological differences but we're playing the game and we're like awesome that was so like like cheering for each other like excited for each other acting like good friends like it was not it was never an issue you know 
And I was looking around and I would, we would take breaks, like go to the other tables and just talk to people because I was writing a story, right? So I was like going to talk to other people. It was the same at every table. Like different people were getting together and putting aside those outside differences to enjoy each other's company together. And I think that that's like, like if we can do that in gaming, then we can talk in real life. Like we can have conversations and overcome our differences, I think, and maybe find middle grounds that you'll never find in chat rooms or comment sections or Twitter or social media. Well, you know, I mean, something else that we learned that, uh, that last week um, is our firefighter friend that apparently the other firefighters at his station are really into D&D. And so I kind of wonder, does that does it really help with um you know building even stronger relationships um i don't know like i'm just i'm fascinated but i like i never would have thought you know my because the, the firehouse near us like every time they've come to our community meetings they're very you know new yorker tough as nails I just don't see these folks sitting around a table doing D&D. So I have to wonder. Um... Well, and even even our friend Justin, who's a really nice guy, he's like, I really want to get into it. And I'm like, you know, he's fit and all the women think he's attractive. And he's like this firefighter, <laughs> like, you know, and it's like he's got this like tall blonde wife and like, you know, like it doesn't, he doesn't fit the stereotype. Do we fit the stereotype? We kind of fit the stereotype. Not like... Do I fit the stereotype? I do now. Do I? Yeah, probably. I mean, I think that the... I think that the net is much... Or the the net is much bigger Well, it's become it so was. mainstream now. Yeah, I mean, I think like... Thanks to like Stranger Things. I mean, it would be... <laughs> I would argue... I mean, back in the day, there was so few women even playing. So like... Yeah, well, we've always been underestimated as being a, you know, a part of things like video games, gaming in particular. Mm -hmm. Video games is really bad. Role playing games, creative fields. But I feel like, but <laughs> I mean, I, I can't. This is just one anecdote, so I don't know if this is what it is all the time. This was twenty people playing at three tables, you know, at a one VFW on one Sunday in Savannah. But Savannah's in the South. The VFW is as, I mean, that's a representative of combat veterans. And, I mean, I saw with my own eyes, it makes me think that at very least, I can say with a certain level of confidence that we have made a lot of progress. Yeah. And I think that that progress gets overshadowed by the noise, by people writing articles or getting on the news or whatever and just like shouting that this is how it is in gaming or whatever and i don't know that that's true mm. you know i mean i think that like i would like to think that i am more open-minded just from having had that experience you know yeah and i mean cat's a great game master oh and she's got some she her. was awesome. Like, I have to never role played with her, but man, I see her on online. Oh, dude, I watched. You know, like I would go over there and just kind of like take a look. You know, just trying to keep an eye on everything while things were going on, just for the for the story. And she's like, 
waving arms around and doing the voice all the voices and leaning in and you know and you could see the all the players at the table because she ran the new players table the newbies table oh, you know people good. leaning yeah. in and then she would like raise her voice at times and she the whole thing it was like she was just doing an awesome job um running that game it's a passion for her you know she's just so passionate about it but um and also, same day was the little Starland Yard Ren Fair, which also had D&D running. It did. But I would assume people who are going to the Ren Fair are probably a lot more in line in some ways. Yeah. There were a lot of costumes. I think the best one that we saw was the Holy Grail, someone knocking together some coconuts behind King Eric. Was it King? I think it's King Eric. Oh, it was... It, no, it was, was it not Arthur, was it? Was it King is, Arthur? Is it Arthur? Yeah, it's Arthur. Is it Arthur? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, wait. Is the actor <laughs> Eric scoff. something? Um, is it Eric Idle plays him? Oh, man. I don't know. My brain hurts. I know. My brain is tired, too. I gotta admit. Um, yeah, but that was hilarious. Um, yeah. yeah. It looked just... I mean, like, it might as well just walk off the set. It was yeah. perfect. <laughs> it was really good. Guy was wearing a burlap sack and everything. It was like it was the the squire with the with the coconuts. Was it was perfect. It was it was it was pretty good. I don't know, but it was just kind of neat that on the same day, there's two different D and D things happening. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. It was a drop in thing. I will say though, it seemed to me that at the Ren Fair one. They had games staggered all day long. And then when we were there, there was the one game going on. The people who were playing seemed to know each other. Uh, Why well, a couple strangers walk up? But yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, but where at the VFW, what I noticed is that some of those folks knew each other. They definitely were like Ghost Table Guild members. But I was talking to some of the other folks and they, they like didn't know each other. Like they didn't know... You know, they just showed up because they saw the event and they wanted to try it out. It was, yeah. You know what I mean? And like... That's neat. Yeah, That's like neat. it was advertised at the VFW or they saw it like on, on social media or something like that, you know? But I, point being is I, I just kind of wanted to bring that up because I'm going to write this article, but I just thought it was really... I thought it was powerful. Yeah. I thought it was really powerful to like have that. Anyway, tell us what your thoughts are. I mean, maybe some you've had some experiences that that either support my experience or perhaps go in contrast to that. Because I know that, you know, I've also read a lot of horror, I've read horror stories too. So I know that that's oh, out there as well. really dark horror stories Yeah, RPGs and Baby Makes 3, the number 3, at gmail.com. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. Or you can also comment on the YouTube channel comment section. It's also great. I look at that as well. So shall we move to the end of the show? Yeah. Let's do it. This is the end. Well, I already talked about one of the books I am reading, but I did actually finish another book. But what are you reading right now, Gretch? Oh, what am I currently reading? Are you still reading the Black Knife Chronicle? Black Knife. <laughs> no, of- I finished that. Um, since the last one, let's see. I read. Um, I don't know. Maybe last time we were talking, I was reading uh, House of Earth and Blood by Sarah J. Mass. And then I read the sequel to that, House of Sky and Breath. And then I also read A Court of Thorns and Roses. And, you know, it's funny as I talk about how much I don't like high fantasy. Both of these were I know. I'm fantasy. like, those sound like high fantasy books. Man, you got the, the first one that I mentioned 
It's like angels and sprites and elves and werewolves. And there was a vampire mention at one point. And um, I mean, just what? And shifters of all kinds. Like there was even a swan person mentioned. I know, right? Shapeshifters are everywhere. <laughs> and then the last one was humans, Fae. And so, I don't know. But, you know, maybe I should read... What, what's that arguing book? Nonviolent Communication. The arguing book? <laughs> <laughs> so that might be next on my list. Because I'm waiting for some things to come through now. Yeah. So. so on the last episode, I talked about reading the Brandon Sanderson the Stormlight Archive, the most recent book, the fourth one, and I read like 50, 60, 70 pages, and like, they're just, you know, he does, he's doing their magic, and they're flying all over the place, he's and an all this stuff. He's an amazing writer. And there's like, sprens, and it's all this stuff, and like, I am just not in that place right now. I do not, I am not interested in that level of magic and fantasy right now, and I... <sighs> I just had to put it on the back burner and switch it up. So actually then it was like, well, I want to read some sci-fi. So I went back to the Expanse series and I wrote, I, I read book three, Abaddon's Gate. And because we just finished the Expanse television show watching the last episodes. And so I decided to read the third book because I'd read the first two before. And back then I didn't, I kind of didn't like them. And I will say I was reading this book and I was like, this is really well written, but I wasn't really getting into it. Until like the last four days, and then I just like read four hundred pages. In, I know like, you four told days. me I'm not really into this book, and then all of a sudden, it's, hundreds of pages. I was just like so into it, yeah. <laughs> um, so that was that was uh, I don't know. So that's kind of what I've been reading right now, and then I went back to that thing in the seventies, but um, the history of of uh, designers and dragons, the history of role playing. Oh, like uh-huh, still DMD. But you know, it's so funny because in that they're all talking about these games that in the 70s, like so many games try to do like the something and something. There are so many games that are like ripping off the D&D model of game naming. You know, when you were talking earlier and you were talking about the magazine. Oh, you were listening. Yeah, I was. <laughs> but then it made me think about the, um, you remember they would publish magazines that were cheats for video games do you remember seeing any of those well are you talking about like strategy guides i mean some there were some magazines that were there and then some strategy guides i just i brought up a memory of me popping into a store to try to find a cheat for i think it was link i think it was the legend of Zelda. what's your nemesis Bang! oh f that game well, I guess I'm going to have to beep that one out. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'll never beat that game. Ever. Gosh, I remember watching you get to the end of that again. Finally, after finding the hidden village. What the heck, man? <laughs> you just can't beat Ganon. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I mean, you couldn't even do it with the game, Genie. Well, you couldn't do it with the game, Genie? Well, I, I don't know. So I don't know if you're out there, if you don't know what the Game Genie is. The Game Genie was an amazing piece of equipment that I don't even know how they could possibly get away with today. But basically, <laughs> it was like a thing you plugged into your Nintendo and basically like broke it. <laughs> it cheated it. It you, cheated it. Like it just cheating. would mess could, with all the coding and stuff. Yeah, and you like, would have unlimited lives. You could get special 
equipment. Yeah, it would like rewrite the games essentially. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. And it still didn't make Willow a worthwhile game. Though. Oh god, Willow. <laughs> Horrible. But the TV show was entertaining. It was it was entertaining. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the, the I don't know if they'll do more, but yeah, watch the recent one. It was pretty good. Um, but should we just get out of here? I mean, it's been a good episode. Yeah, plus we have to go pick up our kid. Oh, right. We have a kid. <laughs> we do have a date night tonight though, so that's great. Ooh, we're yeah. going to we're going to sit down and watch The Mandalorian. Uh-huh. Pajamas. Pajama time. I'm going to try to convince you to play some Star Forged. And you know, it's kind of funny because um, other parents will roll up to pick up the kids from Parents' Night Out in their pajamas, Lots too. of... People are either, like, really dressed up or they're in their pajamas. Yeah. It's like, those are the two options because, no, like, people like drop their kids off. Yeah, they drop them off for Parents' Night Out and then they just go home and put on pajamas and sit and watch TV <laughs> at home. <laughs> Uh, we did go on another date earlier this week to a nice fancy restaurant, The Gray in Savannah. So that was awesome. Yeah, so, I loved it. Um, Gretch, oh, it's great to do the podcast with you. Yeah. And if you listened this far, like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. We appreciate you listening. And uh, we'll talk to you when we feel like doing another podcast again soon. Well, with more sleep, maybe more podcasts. Take care, y'all. <laughs> You're supposed to say that. I stole it. You did. You really confused me for a minute. Like, <laughs> you looked at you should see Gretchen. <laughs> when you could see Gretchen's like she was like, wait, wait, wait that, that's my line. <laughs> okay, you do it now. No, it's too much pressure. <laughs> Bye.